Welcome to a Healing Peace Podcast. My name is Kimir Baker. I am an overcomer, writer, speaker, and God enthusiast. I am fueled by helping women achieve their emotional healing so that they can live the abundant life God has for them. In this podcast series, we provide faith-based inspiration to men from emotional hurt along with tools and tips for emotional wellness. In your journey, as you apply these tools and tips, you will begin to live the transformed life that you always desired. In fact, you will possess a new you. Welcome back, ladies. I hope you've been having a good week so far. I know we're just getting started. If you were listening last week, I was interviewing a good friend of mine, Sharice, and we started talking about some good stuff. And as usual, when we start talking about good things, time go by so fast. So I asked Sharice to come back today so I can ask some more questions and help encourage your spirits. Sharice, can you reintroduce yourself to those who may just be joining for the first time? Of course. Hello again. My name is Sharice de Guzman, and like I said last week, I am a wife of 23 years, June 27, celebrated 23 years in marriage. I have two children, 20 and 16, and I've been a disciple of Jesus for 22 years. I'm currently living in Washington, uh, Pullman, Washington, which is the home of the Washington State Cougars. Go Cougs! I have to say that because I'm an alum, and I'm, I've been an active member of the Police Church of Christ for the last five years. <laughs> That's cool. And Washington State is pretty beautiful from what I understand, correct? It is actually very, very beautiful indeed. Yeah, because yeah. where I live, we don't have very many trees. I definitely miss that. <laughs> oh, the little things about trees. Yes. <laughs> But just to kind of give you guys a recap, uh, where we left off on last week's episode, we, we were talking about, again, emotions and being able to be okay with having them, but making sure that our behavior doesn't necessarily reflect all the chaos. <laughs> and one of the things that Sharice shared was about not being able to really grow when we're not dealing with those things as well. And, and that's something that I, I kind of want us to kind of go back to, because I know for me, I'll be honest, when I'm in my emotional crazy state, and when I'm challenged with, uh, Kimir, you know, you can't be acting like that. I'm like, what do you mean I can't be acting like that? That's usually what goes on. And then, and then I think, oh my goodness. Well, in order for me to stop acting like that, that requires a lot of work. <laughs> and then I'm like, uh, do I really want to put forth that effort today? And so, you know, you go back and forth, but then you're like, well, if I don't put forth the effort, then I'm going to continue to be engulfed with these deep emotions. And so one of the things that I would like to kind of talk through a little bit is being okay with growth. Mm-hmm. And that's a tough one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I also say that's a tough one because for those who are listening, you know, I put out my little tools and tips and it's very rare that someone goes back and listen to those tools and tips and began to put some of those things into their own lives. 
And, and I know that we all grow at our own pace and, you know, we come to different understandings at a certain time. So I definitely get that. So I'm not saying, oh, you guys ain't listening. You can't do it. Nope, I'm not saying that. But I, I would like to talk about the value that comes from going on that transformation path. And so, Sharice, in your journey, because I know that you stated before that you've done counseling and even helping other individuals mm -hmm. through their life walk, as well as your personal life walk, can you, you know, maybe provide a time where there was a part of wrestling of, okay, I don't want to grow in this area, <laughs> but once you started that journey, you start seeing the value of it? Um, yeah, I think I mentioned earlier in the previous show that the lesson that I learned growing up is that you can't really depend on others. And so I learned at a young age that if I didn't handle it, then it just wouldn't be handled. And so when you become a Christian, you really have to relearn that, like you really learn that having a relationship with other Christians is what Jesus did and, and that we are to be in, in each other's lives. But to be honest, I didn't trust people sure. to know my deepest, darkest secrets. And when I was growing up, there were so many things happening in my home that people were not aware of because, you know, I was a good student or I was a student athlete and I didn't get, I was a good girl. And so they didn't dig deep. And so when I start, when I became a disciple and people started really digging deep and wanting to know who I was, like I would, you know, give them so much or put up walls. And so the biggest thing that I had to do is, is to learn to let people in, mm. let God in. And, and, and that was the hardest part, I think, because like I would have these attitudes and anger and frustrations with God but I wasn't talking about it. And it was like, I look at back and go, Sharice, it's not like he didn't know how you felt. Um, <laughs> but in my eyes, like if I didn't talk about it, then there's no voice to it, right? And so I think what I've had to learn, the biggest obstacle is to let people in my journey and also to be honest with God about where I, where I was, whether I'm angry or frustrated or scared, whatever the emotion just being transparent with God has been a huge, 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 huge plus in my walk with him because he can handle it, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> he's God. <laughs> yeah. And one of the things that, cause I, I know I definitely have gone through that piece in my own life as well in terms of that trust factor mm -hmm. and having been in circumstances where people have violated that trust. Mm -hmm. So do, do you find I know this is kind of loaded, but could you provide maybe a couple of tips where a person can begin that trust journey, but also what to look for in an individual mm -hmm. uh, so that they're finding those safe relationships to, to be able to move forward and let their guard down a little bit? Yeah. So it's, it's sort of interesting because I was in the military, my husband and I, and we moved around a lot. So every two or three years, we moved to a new church. Um, and so really, we had to quickly form relationships because, you know, we knew in the next two or three years, we'd be leaving again. So what my husband and I sort of adopted was that when we get to a new place, we, you know, scope out some couples, 
And then we would just, you know, tell them a little bit about our journey, our history. And what I started to notice is that people will very quickly let you know if they, if they can be someone who's trustworthy. One of those things is that there's no judgment hmm. um, when you're confiding in them. The second thing is that people will then share a part of them as well. Hmm. And those have been the two, I will say those have been the two biggest things that have really helped us on our journey as disciples is that when people will let us in and, and provide help or understanding or will share a part of them as well, like we usually know that that's, they're going to be our friends because my husband and I are, are pretty open about our struggles. And I, and I've learned that I've, I have to be transparent because that's the biggest way to help me in my walk with God, because I, and it's weird because I didn't grow up feeling that way, mm -hmm. but after, you know, tw being in the church 22 years, like I've, I have some really amazing friendships and we've been through some things together and I cherish those because when I, when I'm in the mud or the dirt or where, wherever I am, like they meet me halfway. And they don't look at me like, why are you in the dirt? Why are you dirty? They just say, hey, how can I help you to get up out of there? And so for me, like, even as disciples, not everyone can handle your journey. Yeah. Not everyone can handle what you have to, to say to them. So you, you do have to be careful. And not that you're not that you're thinking, you know, ill of them, but, you know, you don't know what your journey may trigger in them. Mm -hmm. um, so you just, ha you have to be careful, but I think if you just let people in little by little, mm -hmm. and if they can handle a little, then you let them in more. Mm -hmm. If they can't, then you just know that that's not a relationship that's probably going to go deeper, you know, mm -hmm. but it's still someone you can hang out with and have fun with. Sure. And I definitely appreciate that advice. And I say to those two elements of someone who's not going to judge you and who shares back with you are definitely very key for two reasons. Because one, you have the one extreme where you're part of this community, rather church or support group, and you have the tendency just to keep going and talking it, da, 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 because you think that they're there to support you, which mm -hmm. they're kind of supposed to. But on the flip side, we're human. Mm -hmm. And not every human is equipped to handle all your stuff. Right. <laughs> Which you've already just vocalized. And I think what happens is when we meet those individuals who are not equipped, we go and we shut back down. Right. Mm -hmm. And then we put that on every person that we meet next. And we're like, well, so-and-so and she did this. And them dang old church people, they ain't right. And they did this. Da -da 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 -da. And so you, you get all puffed up and crazy about it. But at the end of the day, you're still in the, a difficult position because you still haven't found those relationships that that are there to kind of help you to walk in your journey right mm -hmm. so I appreciate the two little criteria because I think those are very important criteria in terms of looking for those safe relationships and I think one thing in that too which you may have shared but I may have missed it is that and maybe maybe you didn't say it but in that seeking and trusting God with your spirit and asking him to lead you to the right people and having discernment uh, mm -hmm. to know when is it time to walk away. Right. Mm -hmm. 
And that is very, very key because we can be quite emotional at times. Yeah. Mm. I think we also feel bad about that. I mean, there are people who I love them because they're my sister and brother in Christ, but we would I wouldn't necessarily hang out with them and not because they're bad people, but because for whatever reason, maybe our personalities don't match up now. In saying that, if push come to shove and someone needs me, I'm going to be there if you're my sister and brother. Sure. But I think we need to be okay with that. Everyone in the church is not going to be our best friends. Yeah. Um, because I used to struggle with that. I used to think, you know, if if I didn't want to hang out with someone or we just couldn't seem to click that, you know, it was sinful. But I, I just, you know, Jesus chose his 12, you know, it didn't mean he didn't love everyone else. But his 12, those were his go-to people. And I think that's okay to have go-to people. It doesn't sure. make anyone else, you know, less suitable for friendship. And maybe the people that are not go-to for you are go-to for someone else. And that's fine as well. So I just, I think that's important to know that, you know, not everyone is yeah. going to be your bestie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So quit forcing the wrong people. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and be surrendered to the right people because sometimes right. they look a little different, but they're still that right person. Yep, yep. And there, there's something too in the first interviews that you had shared, which I kind of want to bring back here a little bit and kind of talk about is you made this statement that, oh, you know, this wasn't the first time that I did counseling. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like that that's a very key statement because it identifies that once you do it once doesn't necessarily mean that all of the things that you have going on resolved itself. Yeah. (laughs) No. I think too, you know, there's, you're in different stages of your life. You know, we, we, so the first time I went to counseling was right after my husband and I, um, we renewed our vows when we were married for 10 years. And it was a really emotional time period in my life. And unfortunately, my mom and I didn't have a great relationship back then. And as I got older, there was just some things that went on in our, in our household that just really damaged our, our relationship. And so after we renewed our vows, we went on a honeymoon. It was great. But I was like sad and angry and frustrated and I just could not figure out like this should be the happiest time of my life and yet I can't seem to feel happy about it um Mm. and so that was the first time that I went to counseling because I knew something was off and it was the first time that I felt completely and utterly out of control emotionally now Mm. I will say this growing up when I was younger, I felt those, but when I was in the world, I self-medicated. Sure. So I didn't really understand or give myself enough grace to figure out what was going on. And I went to counseling for the first time in college and it was so painful for me that I I didn't continue. Mm -hmm. Um, I just was not ready to deal with all the emotions and hurt and that I felt. And so So yeah, that was about 13 years ago when I went for the first time and it, and I was not a great patient. (laughs) I'm just going to say that I came in there with all kinds of attitude and 
telling him what I was and was not going to do. And, um, you know, he broke me down or God broke me down either or, but it was helpful because I really, there were some things that I really needed to deal with that I was refusing to deal with. And I think that's why it started coming out because I'm now I'm a mother of two and, and I'm like, man, if I can't deal with my stuff, you know, as, as a grown woman, as a mom, as a wife, then how am I going to teach my children mm-hmm. how to deal with the things that come come on and in their life, you know? And so, yeah, so I've been in and out of counseling several times, depending on what was going on. I mean, there have been times where there were, you know, minor things that I could, you know, walk through, help, pray, talk to other people and work through. And then there's been really huge monumental emotional things that I just needed professional help to walk through. Um, sure. Yeah. And, and in your statement, I, I, people tell me quit using labels, but <laughs> I'm a, I'm a use a term and, and hopefully you can expand upon that term a little bit more because you made a statement of, you know, I was in this place in my life. It, it should have been really, really happy, um, but it wasn't. And so well, not necessarily it wasn't, but that your emotional state didn't allow it to be. Mm-hmm. So in that emotional state, it was like, okay, I need to go seek more help. Mm-hmm. But so I, I kind of want to, and maybe that may not be the correct phrase, but please correct me. Mm-hmm. Would that somewhat be considered you were triggered a certain way? Not oh, yes. Okay. Okay. And, and so because I know for my own life and the things that I had to go through and walk through, uh, there were things that would happen that would trigger something. And sometimes that trigger wasn't fully, like I wasn't fully conscious of it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. So, um, oh, go, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, you, you may be doing it. Go right Um, I was just going to say, yeah, so definitely there were some things that happened during the process of my vow renewal with my family that really made me realize that I wasn't over the hurt and pain. Mm. Um, I think because here's the thing, I moved away from home when I was 19 years old to come to college. I met my husband, joined the army, got married. So I never returned home. So when you're not in a situation where those things or those memories or those triggers are prevalent, it's easy for you to think I'm good. So that's where I was. Like, I I very rarely saw my mom, you know, every once in a while. And it was always in a controlled environment where, okay, I'm visiting you, but I'm also visiting my mother-in-law. I'm visiting these people and that people. So I never really had to deal with what I felt. But in that environment, that should have been the happiest time of my life. Like, there was just some, there was a lot of pain. There were words that were said. There were things that were brought up. And so I think for me, it was sort of the straw that broke the camel's back sure. because I had just been stuffing and stuffing and stuffing and stuffing. And then I got to the point where I can't stuff this anymore. And I really had to make a decision. Like I'm going to get help and try to have my mom in my life, or this is going to break our relationship forever. And she's not going to be a part of my life. Um, and I didn't want that. I really wanted her to be a part of my life and my kids. Like those are her only grandkids. So for me, it was worth the effort to go to counseling to try and work through what I was feeling so that I could have some kind of relationship with my mom. 
so I, I think, you know, definitely that experience that that time in my life was definitely the trigger. But again, I thought that I could just sweep it under the rug and move on. Mm-hmm. And I think I had swept too much. <laughs> and so it was like, sure. really need to deal with this. Sure. And I'm, I'm going to restate what you stated, because I think it's really a good example, which is you stated that a trigger lets you know that you're not over the hurt and pain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in, in that moment, it, it's there to hopefully send you back to God and, mm-hmm. and send you back to a place where you are able to begin that work to work through that hurt and pain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in, in your journey and as well as, as you counsel people, are there things that you've learned that kind of, I think, assist? So when those triggers come, that it's not snuffing the life out of you? Yeah, I think, I will say also sometimes there are things that when you are triggered and you get counseling, you just deal with whatever's on the surface. Mm. So there's sometimes things that are deeper that, you know, God has not allowed you to to experience yet. I do believe that, you know, like the brain protects you. And I think God, that's also God protecting you. I think there's mm. things triggers at certain part of your life that you are not equipped to deal with. Mm. And so um, I think as I've gone to counseling, it's because there's been something else that's been revealed to me that Mm. I needed to deal with. Most recently, my dad died when I was in high school and I didn't have much of a relationship with him, but I went through a grieving recovery class and it was amazing the memories that started pouring into my consciousness that I had never, I hadn't thought about in years. I mean, like one memory, I was literally in elementary school when this happened. So, and I think that God allowed that because I wasn't ready Mm -hmm. when I was younger to deal with with those feelings or how I felt or or the emotions, the anger, the frustration, the sadness. And so Mm -hmm. I do believe that, you know, there is a, a part of our brain that protects us from those things. I mean, it's why kids, when they go to counseling, like they don't necessarily remember the trauma, hmm. you know, experience, but they're acting out. And so as people get to start digging, then it's like, oh, wow, this kid was really traumatized. Sure. You don't necessarily realize it because what you're dealing with is just the surface of them acting out in class or hitting their sibling or whatever, but you're not really digging to see what is causing these you know these actions to happen Mm -hmm. Um, and so yeah i i i'm grateful for triggers at times there are times that i've been really they've taken me out a little bit because i wasn't expecting those things so i think you know you can never fully prepare for them because you don't know when you're going to be triggered but i think as you do more work with your mental and emotional well-being, then you like learn to, okay, this is really rough, but you don't, it doesn't send you sort of, for lack of a better word, off on the deep end. Sure. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. And one thing that you state, which I think is so imperative, and I appreciate you sharing that, is in the sense that God does protect us at the right time where we can actually deal with it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so because of that, which you said it too, 
we shouldn't be surprised that we got stuff to work through. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> but we are. Every time, every time the Lord done tell me, Kamir, it's time to work through this, I'd be so surprised. <laughs> and he's like, why? <laughs> you gonna be working till you're mad. And I'm like, oh man, I was surprised, Lord, I was surprised. <laughs> but but I also believe in your statements as well. It really reveals the tenderness of God mm-hmm. because he could give it to us all at once and say, work it out. But right. he doesn't. Like he knows like what we can handle and he he waits on us. He waits on us to get to that place where we can handle something else. Right. And I, I was like, oh, for me, that is like the sweetness of his character. Mm-hmm. Um, the sweetness of, you know, you're in this vessel, but I'm still working with you so that I can be glorified in you and that you're going to keep shining because yeah. you're working through all these things. And so I, I want to, I, I think... I mean, you've shared a lot of great stuff. And, and as I stated before, I always do a tools and tips show to kind of make sure we didn't miss all this great information. And I, I think one of the things that you shared several times is terms of the humility to go get help, to mm-hmm. work through those uh, different elements in our lives I think the other thing that you talked about too was having a good support group. Mm-hmm. I think you talked about it as well having, you know, being able to be open in relationships. So those are good things. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything that I'm missing that kind of helps during these difficult periods of our lives or, you know, the, these journeys? Yeah, I think for me, the thing that I've learned in the last 22 years is don't put God in a box. Um, Oh, that's a good one. You know, I I feel like there have been things that that I've done in my relationship with God that have helped me so much. And I will say the biggest has been for me just to be honest with God. If I'm Mm -hmm. hurting or I'm fearful or I'm mad, like just tell God that, you know, he's, he's our loving father and he wants to know what's on our heart, whether we feel pain or hurt or or desperation or whatever it is. And so whatever it takes for you to connect with God, I think, you know, you need to do it. Some people like to go on long nature walks where they're out in the open and they can view God's beauty and they can talk to God. Like I've done that as well. I've just done different things. I think when we only look at God as this confining being um, instead of the, you know, the omnipotent God that he is, then we, we really are losing out on a rich relationship with God. And also find people who can love you in your darkest moments. The people mm-hmm. who like, when you are crazy mm-hmm. and talking crazy and shutting people out, like that they will not give up on you because those are the friendships that I have. Like when I have been at my worst, they've mm-hmm. still been there for me. And those, and if you find those, hold on to those for dear life. Sure. Um, because they, they definitely have been the best relationships that I've had was those women and men who were like, sis, I know you don't want me around, but I'm going to stay around because I know you need me. And right. so, yeah. 
Well, I think all of those things are really great. And I think the only two that I will add in that is, which you've already hit, and I'll be sharing it all the time, is the honesty with God, that he can handle it. None is yep. too big for him. That's a good yep. one. Mm-hmm. And and one of the other things that I thought about as well, which I think you have exemplified, and as you've been speaking with me, is getting to a place, even though you wrestle with it, and I ain't say you got it 100%, but it's clear <laughs> <laughs> that um, you've gotten to understanding as well that you're not perfect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Even mm-hmm. though sometimes you may want to be, but mm-hmm. but you but you still have... And it's been clear in terms of your willingness to get help, your willingness to try relationships, even though you've been hurt. It it really does identify that, you know, Sharice is not perfect, but she's in this journey. And as she's walking with God, you're allowing him to cleanse and purify and strengthen you in areas that you probably didn't think about initially. Mm-hmm. And in those moments as well is what has helped you to work through those deeper issues. Right. Yeah. And I, and then as in hearing you say that, I think, oh, you know, that's actually really beautiful. And it kind of goes back to, I think, what I shared in the first interview, which is sometimes we're so consumed with the, the, the notion of I do have to do this work that we stop that journey and and we're missing out on that level of growth and we're missing out seeing God in a new way. And, yeah. we're, and we're missing out having those good relationships. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think even though you can hear, you know, hey, I had to go back. I, I mean, you know, you hear it, but at the end of the day, that's the benefit of it. Yep. And you, you've definitely articulated that very well. And so with seeing that, I'm not going to make you talk anymore. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I definitely uh, appreciate everything that you've shared and your openness with us and helping us to see that we're human and, yes. <laughs> and helping us to see that despite our humanity, God is with us. And I said, I'm still, I might just have to say that a couple of times which is he protects us. Like we, he knows we're not ready sometimes. And right. so he waits. I think that is so profound and it's so true. So, okay. I'll keep rambling. Sorry, you guys. Sometimes I get a little caught up in the moment, but uh, thank you for listening with us today. Of course, come back for next week with our tools and tips and enjoy the remainder of your week. Have a good one. <laughs>